Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Hey, Craig. Hey, Jeff. What's up, man? Not much. Just drinking beer, podcasting. What about you? Yeah, you know, same, same. Well, uh, I guess if we're not good at small talk today, so this is podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me is Jeff Neuser. Uh, well, we took last week off, so we're kind of rusty. Yeah, I, I forgot how to talk to we're you, like, anyone. Do I talk to my friend? I can't remember. It's yeah, been a week, and I, it's I'm been just, two weeks. I only know how to talk to a toddler, and that's just... Uh, well, that's not that different than talking to me, Craig. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> um, I you guys I went to the zoo the other day. Yeah, we did. I that's bet a, that was exciting. It's a regular thing. The, the yeah. aquarium part of the zoo is open now, which is cool. Sea yeah. turtles, that's all good. that. Yeah, because that's indoors. He so. was most excited about the ice cream stand was open. So, of course. Uh, we got ice cream. Uh, we dropped some because she's a animals. toddler and a... And a squirrel came over and ate ate it from right underneath our feet. So just that was the most exciting thing all day. I'll bet um, she was tickled. Yeah. I had to <laughs> talk her into not reaching out to touch the squirrel because the squirrel will bite you. <laughs> no, these are friendly zoo squirrels. <laughs> friendly zoo. Definitely don't have rabies. They're fine. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, yeah. Did they have the, was the um, the kids play area, was that all closed off? Well, I, yeah, I they haven't opened is. that yet. Yeah, and you can go over to where the meerkats are and the lemurs, but um, they have all the. It, when you go farther back behind that, where the, like the you know the full-on play area with like the, uh-huh. and the petting zoo, that the, yep. you can't go back there. Okay, yeah, that that does make sense. That that yeah, because that all the kids sense. are desperate to talk to another kid. Like so, that's what B is usually more interested in is looking at the other children at the zoo. <laughs> Was uh, everybody wearing their masks? Yeah, you. Well, okay, good. It's required. So. Well, pff, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, they're watching. Yeah, they'll kick you out. There's zoo people. Uh, like I go to Costco, and you know, some dude's rolling down the rolling down the aisle with with his mask, like just like over his chin, and I want to punch him in the face. I'm like, it's not how it works, asshole. Freedom, you know. Yeah, we need their freedom. Right. God, wear your masks, people. Wear your masks. This is not a political statement. Yeah, it is not. Just wear a mask. <laughs> just wear the damn mask. Like, I'm telling you, like, like just like if we wore the mask, we'd crush this thing at least enough that, you know, we might actually have football and I might be able to go back to work in the fall with my, you know, my students. And right now it's looking like all that's pretty up in the air. Very high up in the air. Even though everybody wants it to happen. Well, we see it slowly um, to segue. Thank you, Jeff, for that opportunity. Um, we, we see it slowly. Uh, we see things being slowly taken away um, for fall sports, uh, particularly football. Um, we see uh, a lot of conferences, including the Pac-12, um, have now uh, moved to conference-only schedules. So at the most, we'll see the Cougs only play their uh, conference opponents, this fall um 
We've seen other uh, smaller schools, uh, MEAC schools and other uh, FCS schools, things like that, uh, just cancel sports, fall sports outright. Um, obviously, there's a lot more money on the line for uh, Power 5 schools in particular, so uh, they're going to hold off on doing that as long as they can. Um, but I don't know about you, Jeff. Uh, this just seems like one domino after another that's eventually leading, especially given the trend of infections um, in in particular, you know, southern states uh, um, in, in the country. Uh, it just seems like it's just one domino after another, another that eventually leads to the season being postponed. Yeah, I mean, you'll recall that I was the one who was like, they're probably going to figure out a way to have a season because there's just too many bills to pay and, you know, whatever. Um, well, that was, I mean, that was what, like probably like six weeks ago, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. And Eight, uh, eight that, years ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, you know, it seemed plausible that the thing would be enough under control that, you know, they would figure out a way to, to, to play some games. And it's like, uh, it is very clearly not under control. Um, and it's very clearly not just a function of increased testing. I know that's a, uh, that's a pretty common talking point from people on a, a certain part of the political spectrum, but, um, it is not merely a function of increased testing. Um, that the disease is, the virus is spreading, uh, infections are growing and, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's basically, you know, curving out of control again. And at this point, you know, I just, uh, I've, I've pretty much gone the other direction. So I was really confident they'd figure out a way to have a season. Um, I feel equally confident now that it's, that it's not going to happen. And at some point they're going to pull the plug and it, it, you know, whether that's people just sort of coming to their senses. Look, I mean, I feel like all of these, you know, the NFL, I think has done the same thing. I, I think they're all just sort of, they, they've sat around like, crossing their fingers and wishing and hoping that it was going to get better and that things were going to be okay. And that miraculously everything was going to be fine. And, um, you know, at this point it's, it's obviously not fine. And, you know, you've got situations with like, say, you know, the NBA and, uh, MLS and, and the NWSL and, you know, they are putting themselves in bubbles to try and contain this thing. And they're not even able to to contain this thing and so um a, a college campus is <laughs> you know uh, i think we've seen from the states dish. that yeah i mean i think we've seen from the states that opened pretty quickly and had you know kids in, on a college campus uh you know bars have have basically been one of the uh, worst spreaders of the virus among especially among younger people who you know have have sort of believed that well, I'm, you know, even if I catch it, it's, it's really not that bad. Um, and it can be still, even if you're young. So anyway, it, it's, I just like, if they can't even do it in the NBA bubble, if they can't do it in the MLS bubble, um, you know, I mean, MLS had to basically kick two teams out of their tournament because they had so many positive cases. Um, well, same I, for I, NWSL, they, uh, yeah. well, a team withdrew from the tournament. Yeah. So I just don't see where, you know, if you've got, even if it's conference only, you know, you got 12 teams, uh, all on college campuses, which are populated by college age students. Um, I just don't see how you're going to, how you're going to keep that up. And, you know, and the same goes for, you know, just public schools. I mean, that's something that's, you know, pretty big deal to me being a public school teacher. And it's like, if you can't even keep it out of there, like, like what makes you think you're going to be able to keep it from running rampant really in any place where you've got, um, a, a large number of people. And, and so, 
yeah, I, I, I think at some point this is going to get uh, postponed to spring, um, at, at which time, you know, if they're smart, they'll, you know, get off their asses and actually like get together and um, use the NCAA in a way that it ought to be used for, which is as a centralized uh, planning, you know, committee or, or organization, whatever you want to call it, um, and stop just, you know, wishing and praying that things are going to get better. Yeah, um, it's uh, obviously this has become a contentious issue, uh, just the f- even taking precautions. Um, thankfully, I, I think uh, maybe the uh, the impact of polling numbers may finally sway um, some politicians to uh, advocate for masks. But of course, we see, um, you know, the governor of Georgia making you know declaring that mask uh mask mandates are not allowed and things like that um and suing the mayor of the largest city in the state yeah it's so it's so it happens to be a democrat and a black woman and but anyway yeah it's (laughs) i'm it's i don't know like i'm this is taking crazy i feel like it's crazy you know we're we we just i i was talking to my um, my colleague from Australia, we have a weekly call. Um, she lives in Sydney. She's telling me how the, um, the state of Victoria, which is uh, where Melbourne is, um, is effectively just, they got, had like 200 cases in a day and they shut down the state to like, like no one can go in and out and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's like, it's it, for 200 cases and you're seeing, uh, Florida and, and someplace like get tens of thousands of you know ten thousand plus cases new cases in a day and stuff and yeah hundreds it's, of it's deaths bonkers. and whatever so it's it's just bonkers that like it's t- to talking people who don't live here and, and about what it's like and they're just confused like why why don't don't they see people with it and it's like well you know that doesn't seem to matter um uh plus it's still like enough where if it's impacting you know uh, you know, 30 out of 10,000 or whatever, like you're probably not going to see someone with it. So I guess it still doesn't hit people in the face quite yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest issue, right? Yeah. Like, you know, people are like, well, I don't know anybody who's died from it, you know? And like, like that's the point we're trying to keep that from happening. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I do think it's going to take um, somebody, somebody young, somebody very well known, uh, dying from it to to get it to really hit home for people, which sucks and is horrible. And like I think of like college football, and I think like, okay, you know, we're talking however many conferences, and you know, basically a hundred football players for every team, and think about how many people that is, and then think about the stats, and then think about okay, that's probably what half a dozen football players who die, right? Like something like that. Yeah. If we do this, if if we just apply, you know, very strict. Uh, you know, statistical probabilities to it. And we're like, okay, so if, if the, you know, if it holds true, then it's, you know, probably five or six, you know, college football players get infected and, you know, have a very serious reaction to it. And, you know, I mean, that's like, I don't know how you'd like, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not a person who's like, you know, standing on my moral high horse about all of this, like I'm watching MLS, like, like I, I don't, I, I don't really have much of an issue watching these things if they're on TV, which I don't know, maybe that makes me a hypocrite, but I also feel like, 
man, I, you know, those are professional athletes. That's, that's probably a little different than a college student too. Yeah. And I, yeah, they're yeah, getting paid and stuff, but I do think, you know, um, when I look at the NWSL tournament and I don't know if we talk, you know, obviously Morgan Weaver from WSU has been playing, uh, um, she's been playing pretty well, starting yeah, a couple matches and, but, uh, uh, that for them, like, they're not really being compensated that well for that. <laughs> and and then obviously some of the, the lower level like prospect MLS players are not getting paid that well. Like we're talking like very regular person, young person salaries, like, right. like, like yearly salaries in the NWSL are very low. They're like 20, 30,000. Like, so it's not, it's like minor league baseball players, even though these are the best women, women's soccer players in the world. Like it's still just, um, their salaries are very low. And, and so, uh, even in those, it's like, I feel a little guilty. I'm like, they're putting their, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to like, if you think about it, if you're going out to the bar, you're going out to the restaurant, the, the employee is working there and they're the ones that are being at the most risk because they're being exposed to the most people so really if you're going to do that like please 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 wear a mask because like you're you're putting others in danger in case you have caught it um if you're not doing that and so i the same thing goes and so obviously these nwsl players these mls players are running around no masks on uh they're not even even on the sidelines it's very uh the uh, mask and the wearing of masks is very uh, sporadic um and they do the thing where every time uh brian schmetzer the the uh, the head coach of the sounders wants to yell something he pulls his mask down <laughs> right and so don't pull your mask down to talk to people that's when the things are going to fly out of your mouth that you don't yeah. want to fly out of, like fly out into the ether like but so it's just like I think there's a, there's a lot of like it, it's 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 baffling that you know I I guess it's like you find the information you want to find like there's like even people that are wearing the mask like you said the guy having it around his chins like misusing them and then yeah we have this sort of this uh, uh, I I my brain's melted but I where you um you 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 know it's like these you're putting these these athletes probably they're at risk but you still just are so desperate to watch something um cognitive dissonance uh, but but yeah. like you're just you're just uh like it's so hard because I, I i want i want to see the rain play and i want to see morgan weaver play and i want to even though she plays in that terrible uniform but like i and like i want to see her play and but uh and and i want to see her do well and i want to and i want to watch the sounders as boring as they've been to watch <laughs> like and yeah you know it's it's just uh it's it's hard because like yeah i want to watch college football so bad yeah and i would desperately i would just love 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 if we had college football this fall even if we couldn't go to the games um but it but it's just like at, at some point like yeah with with these uh, uh not perfect with these amateur athletes um it's at some point you can't really it's hard to like force them to do things. They don't have like a, a, a union, like a lot of the, the pro sports do where they can negotiate terms and things like that. They're kind of yeah. up, up to other people making a decision. Yeah. I, I do wonder at what point the players start to get together a little bit and say, 
you know, <laughs> why are we doing this? You know, um, or I don't feel comfortable doing this. Um, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if that happens. Um, cause I mean, part of it, what's sort of like amazing about this whole situation is that, you know, the, the, these, the member institutions of the NCAA have gone to great lengths to craft a very specific, uh, a very specific organizational structure um, of this whole thing. Right. And, and, you know, one thing we talk about, you know, fairly often is, you know, the, you know, the comical concept of amateurism, yeah. and, um, you know, how really it's, it's just, it's just sort of, it's really just more of an excuse to, you know, keep all the money than anything else. Um, and so, you know, well, what they've done is, you know, they've, they've created this thing that really is in service to that thing. Right. Like the whole thing is in service to that thing. And um, so the NCAA does not really have a whole lot of uh, power over college football. And that is how the power five conferences specifically set it up on purpose. Like this is this is no accident. So sometimes people I've seen people, you know, on Twitter sort of tweet like, you know, why, why hasn't the NCAA come out and you know, done anything or why is the NCAA taking control of this thing to, you know, like come up with some sort of organized plan for everybody. And I'm like, yo, the NCAA was set up specifically not to be able to do that. Like they, they created this, this body to really to enforce, um, not really, you know, important rules, but to enforce rules that, you know, maintain, uh, the cartel structure of amateurism and, and that's really it. And that's why it's there and that's why it exists. And, you know, as far as college football goes, I mean, I think most people know that, uh, the college football playoff is not, uh, you know, is not run by, uh, you know, the NCAA that's, that's run by the college football playoff, which is run by the power five conferences. So it's just, you know, they've set up a thing specifically designed for the NCAA not to be able to meddle. It's why, um, you know, the Penn State thing went the way it did, where, you know, they tried to levy some punishments and all of that pretty much, not all of it, but most of it uh, ended up getting, you know, reversed, you know, in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, you know, the North Carolina, you know, academic cheating scandal there, you know, <laughs> well, geez, why didn't they drop the hammer on North Carolina? Why? Because like, it's not designed to do that. And the NCAA with the North Carolina thing just went, well, you know, who are we to say what's a real class and and what's not, you know, so it's, you know, it's, it's been set up. The NCAA right now is functioning exactly as it was set up to function. Um, The power five college football programs are all set up to the conferences. They're all set up. They're functioning exactly as they were supposed to, Um, you know, where they are all independent and autonomous. And that's how they've all gotten rich off their TV contracts. But it's also why, you know, this entire situation is a a total disaster and they're not going to be able to, um, you know, really sort it out unless they decide that, you know, they, they'd really like to abandon the autonomy that they've had up until this point. And, you know, I, I don't think they're going to get desperate enough to do that until they have to, you know, cancel the fall because then really it's, you know, it's, it's really spring or bust and they, and they really can't afford as we've gone over before. I mean, that hasn't changed. Like they can't afford to do nothing. They can't afford to have zero games. They, they got to come up with something. And so I, I you know, I, I think maybe at that point they'll they'll sort of realize, um, 
you know, that they, they need to get together and, and all the schools need to be on the same page and have some sort of comprehensive plan that everybody's on board with um, that makes it so that, you know, <laughs> everybody can do this safely and the students can feel safe, um, you know, so that they don't just say, you know what, we're not doing this because it's going to be interesting to see if some school eventually does, you know, the players do say, you know what, nah, we're not doing this. Yep. Um, well, one, uh, one way the players are, have, are hopefully moving towards a little more power. And we talked about this. I, I highly encourage you, uh, to go back a few episodes and listen to our, uh, talk with Matt Brown, um, on the topic of, uh, p- player images and likenesses, um, uh, and the, their ability to, uh, capitalize on those while they're at school. Um, but we can talk about it again, um, because, uh, WSU now is taking a step that I'm sure a lot of, uh, colleges are taking. Um, they've, um, brought in a brand consultant to, uh, kind of work with student athletes to build those, uh, images and in a way that they could actually profit off these likenesses. And, uh, that's, a you know, obviously, um, WSU, we talked about with Matt is WSU is actually an opportunity because they're, um, you know, they're, they're, they have an opportunity here to make, um, some progress with, with these rules. If they can kind of be a special place for, you know, specific, like high end recruits be like, Hey, you come here, you're automatically that guy. Um, and, and plus if we have this structure set up, set up to help them, um, um, utilize that. Um, I like to, I, I, I like that WSU has taking these steps, um, and, and moving this way. Yeah, that's exactly what we said, which is, you know, there, there's going to be an opportunity here for, for WSU. And, um, again, you know, people thinking that, oh my God, the rich are going to get richer and it's so terrible. And it's, uh, it's not, I, I, I feel extremely confident that it's not going to happen that way. And the rich can't uh, get much richer. Like we yeah, said, that's exactly yeah. what it is. You know I mean? There's a half dozen schools that get all of the good football players. Like, I, you know, I'm sorry. Like I, I you know, if you don't realize that you, you just don't pay that close of attention. And I, you know, I'm not going to say like, you know, you're, you're stupid or anything. You're not stupid. You're just, you know, probably a little ignorant, honestly. Like it's, you know, for someone who like us, people like us who, you know, pay close attention to this stuff, like, no, like, like all the good players are going to about a half dozen schools. It's, it's basically what, like Alabama, Ohio state, LSU, Clemson, uh, Oklahoma, maybe like, I don't know who am I missing? Like I might, I might, you know, it might be like five schools, like Oregon stepping it. in there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Oregon's the West kind Coast, of in they're there. kind of taking the West. They're kind of taking yeah. like what USC used But it's to like, have. if we're truly talking like Georgia's probably in there. So yeah. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio state and Clemson. <laughs> so it's basically like those five, right. Are getting like pretty much all the good players. So, I mean, anything that maybe when you say maybe, good players, you're talking the top, I'm talking like the top, like, yeah, yeah, top, like 200 players, you know, like, you know, they're, they're almost all going to those half dozen schools and, you know, not all of them, but, you know, certainly the majority of them are concentrated. More more than enough to fill out a starting 22. Yes. (laughs) Yep. So, you know, 
anything that gives WSU a chance to, you know, maybe do something different or offer something different, I think is great. And I think, um, I think that's just another testament to Pat Chun and his sort of forward thinking nature and, uh, you know, trying to figure out ways to do this. So, you know, I mean, getting a, getting somebody in there to, to, you know, essentially teach the kids how to build their brands, I think is, is, uh, is an awesome deal. Yeah. Um, again, uh, we've already talked, we've talked about this twice on the podcast. I, I don't want to hammer home the value of this for WSU. I really tell you, just go listen to Matt, um, our podcast with Matt and I, we don't need to repeat it over and over again. Um, go do that. If you haven't, it, you probably did. It's one of our best downloaded ones recently. So you probably did. Uh, but if you're new to it, go back. Matt is a really smart guy. Again, I'll promote. Yep. He's actually, uh, merged his, um, his newsletter, uh, I, I should know off the top. I'll just uh, his extra point newsletter off of, um, with um, um, another uh, uh, a place called the Intercollegiate. Um, so you can still you can subscribe and get some free posts from him. He talks a lot about kind of the politics, the business side of of, of uh, athletics, um, and then you can also give him a little bit of money if you want all of his good good posts which which i i have now done and, and i know jeff has done so yeah and today's uh i think today's newsletter is about um how uh how uh gundy mike gundy got that shirt that oan shirt yeah so that's they pretty did a foia yeah situation and so those those yeah. can cost money um they're they're not always free um some people they'll they'll, they'll try to the, to to get FOIAs like they they can or I know F O I A freedom <laughs> I know sometimes people freedom call them FOIAs. F- freedom of information act um, so if you're a public entity uh, people you know you 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 can go ask for information from any public entity entity and uh, we we do it I, I know Michael Preston does it a lot with WSU's finances and especially contracts and stuff and WSU is not really they're fine with sharing that stuff anyway. So that that's easy, but like some of the stuff that's harder to find, uh, they're allowed, there's some freedom of there for, um, the entities to, you know, say it, it's going to cost them to get the information to you. And so they, they can put sort of a, you know, a fee on there. Um, a lot of times it can be kind of bullshit to try to block you from getting it. So it's helpful. Most yeah. of the time it's bullshit <laughs> to try and block you from getting yeah. it. Like I was, when Mike Leach was doing the whole Tennessee thing a couple of years ago, uh, I tried to do one in Tennessee and they were like, no, you have to be a resident of Tennessee to do this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I, at one point was trying to find someone in Tennessee to do. Why didn't you ask me? Like, I had fuck it, lots I of care. friends. You weren't in Tennessee. But I had lots point. of, I have friends there. That's true. That is true. Maybe you still have, you could probably still be like, I still have my Tennessee driver's license. Yeah, somewhere. Um, somewhere. Uh, it's a pretty funny one. I They had a blue background, and I, I wore the exact same color blue shirt, so I just looked like a floating head on my Tennessee driver's license. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, but <laughs> um but yeah so uh foyas cost money so that's 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 really what he uses the money for I, also yeah. to you know he has kids and stuff so that helps well <laughs> gotta pay the bills yeah. right um but yeah uh we like matt go listen to that podcast yeah. you can get more into we that like um okay promo over um so yeah uh i i, I like that wsu did this um 
I'm glad they did it. Uh, a lot, according to the other guy, a lot of other schools have already done it too. Um, right now, he says one of a handful of Power Five schools, um, but I think he said there's like a, a a few dozen that have already done it. So you can see it's a lot of the smaller schools that are jumping on it um, because they, like us, see it as it's an opportunity for the have-nots and not the already haves. Like so, um, good job, WSU. Um, uh, hopefully sometime we'll get, uh, this Darlow guy on uh, one of our podcasts and, and we'll be able to yeah, that would be uh, cool. listen to, you know, have, have him. Uh, it's just, it's still a little disconcerting to have, uh, WSU being really smart and forward thinking. Like I'm just kind of, yeah, it's still, it's still a little weird. I have, I have to admit. Yeah. Um, but we can. On that note, maybe we'll take a break and then we'll come back and talk about how how there's still quite a hill to climb. <laughs> okay. And we're back. Dude, I just kind of, I realized uh, that we basically did an advertisement for Matt and then we sent them to an ad right after that. So sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, but we were advertising something we felt big about, like that we weren't asked to do. So whatever, we're that yeah. we're customers of. So whatever. Uh, yeah. And he was a yeah. good guy. So um, yeah, I know I was super impressed on that podcast. But uh, yeah. but yeah. So um, as I alluded to, WSU, um, despite having you know, uh, I, it really seems one of the best ads in the country right now. Uh, still, same old story. <laughs> Uh, last in the Pac-12, reporting for the 28-2019 uh, financial year, um, that last in the Pac-12 in revenue by quite a bit, $11 million, uh, to you know who's the next in line, uh, Oregon State, of course. Um, but yeah, so that's still a battle. Um, WSU, you know, just off the top, you know, they they get less money than other schools on football ticket revenue. We have a smaller stadium. Um, obviously, the the um, the luxury seats have helped a lot, but everyone has luxury seats now, so it's not like not that big of a deal. Um, and then we also have a a donation deficit. We we have a high number of donors, but we just don't have as many big donors. Um, so uh, we see WSU. So this shouldn't come as a surprise um, that WSU is still last in the conference in uh, in in money. So that's all the more reason to n- need to have a, a smart AD who makes smart decisions. But I will say this: like as I'm looking at uh, at the table by the USA Today that puts this together, um, the donations, the contributions piece went up $2 million in 2019 from 2018. And since Pat Chun took over, what was that about 2017? Right. right. Um, that went from 8.2 million to now it's 11.7 million. So we're talking about three and a half million dollar increase in contributions. That's pretty, it's pretty massive increase. Well, and honestly, I, um, you can, you can kind of, uh, point to a few things where that came from like uh uh donations around the uh uh the uh the aspirational um football operations building um right we we've we've seen um 
you know, some big donors announced and stuff. So um, that's what's encouraging in that donation thing is that Chun is seems to be pursuing those high end donors better than um, WSU has in the past. Yeah. And if we're saying, okay, revenues like dead last in the Pac-12, well, okay, fine. But also like in 2019, total revenues were up six and a half million dollars from the previous year. It's a red, like it's more 71 million, but 71.7 million basically is what it was in 2019. And the year before that, it was 65.1. So uh, that's a pretty significant jump. Yeah. And so I think that's. You know, that's the piece that well, we had to know, pay I guess Ernie we could Kent, say like pay Ernie Kent's uh, <laughs> yeah. pay Ernie Kent not to coach. So. I mean, we can say like, you know, it's a pretty you know, still a long way to go, which is true. But at the same time, um definitely trending in the right direction. Um, you know, a lot of that it's not coming from student fees, those have held steady over the last few years. Um, you know, the the, the school funds, the school contribution has held relatively steady over the last few years. Um, it is actually down from where it was about five years ago. So, um, you know, most of that is ticket sales or, you know, again, our ticket, you know, our ticket revenue is always going to be capped by by the size of the stadium. Right. Like, I mean, the you know, unless we get to a point with the stadium where we're selling out every week and we need to add some seats in order to generate more revenue, there's always going to be a bit of a limit to what can happen there but and obviously you, you know, and maybe, i have talked before about the seats that you want yeah, to add are the the luxury right. seats and that's really it's not like a big expansion of you know the number of people that can fit in there right and so the ticket sales went up by a million bucks you know from 2018 to 2019 and, and, and 2018 includes gardner Minju, right right like, so to to have that increase and then like i said to to have the increase in contributions which i'm sure you know like you said some of that's the uh ipf the the practice indoor practice facility i'm sure some of that oh yeah is, i think i said football uh, baseball football operations building my bad yeah but you know the the indoor practice facility which they've been raising money for the baseball clubhouse which uh you know finally got fully funded and is you know under, under construction. construction so yeah i mean all these things are are good and you know we may still be you know 10 million dollars behind oregon state or whatever but um, you know, definitely trending in the right direction, definitely feeling good about where this is going. Um, check in with me later if, you know, if somebody decides to hire Pat Chun away. I, I don't know if I'm I'm okay with that, but <laughs> it's going to happen at some point, man. I don't want to think There's, about it. There's enough bad things to think about in the world. I, right I know. know. Um, but he's great. I'm glad we have him. Um, lifetime contract. Because those always work. Yeah, feel taken. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 entity that's offering the lifetime contract always, always is, is never the one with the, uh, leverage in the situation. Yeah. That's usually, that's usually how it works. But yeah. All right. Money, money, money or lack thereof. Um, I, I, I shudder to think what the next two years are going to look like. In those. Oh my <laughs> gosh. It's going to be bonkers. Uh, totally I, next year crazy. won't look so bad because they'll still have the football season in there, because the financial oh. year runs from uh, June to June, right? Uh, or like May to end of May, like uh, end of June to the start of whatever. June thirtieth is the end of the year. You can do the math. July first to June thirtieth. But so uh, you'll still next year on the twenty nineteen twenty twenty numbers still have football and basketball season in there. 
Um, you'll probably have a little bump. I think they sold more basketball tickets and uh, they probably sold, they probably sold less football tickets, honestly, from 2018. Um, just from someone who went to all the games and saw the attendance. So, <laughs> um, and plus there was just not as many feature games as you had, um, you know, when you had to make your, like, I don't even want to bring up that game. Never mind. Um, uh, but, um, what game is that? No, Craig? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, like I said, too many bad things. Don't need to talk about bad things. Oregon State was fun. <laughs> All right. I was on a podcast yesterday with uh, some guys from Oregon. They were doing a WSU preview. I was on with them last year, too. Really good dudes. Um, but they went over the UCLA game, and I'm just like, God damn it. Like, you fuckers. Like, why are you making me relive this game? Oh, man. Anyway. Anyway. Um,. Anthony Gordon forever. Uh, but I ah, fuck, lost my train of thought, man. I know. It's hard to like get it back after that. I was on a roll, too. I have no idea what we're even talking about anymore. It's like a mental, <laughs> just a mental we destruction. Were about, like, we're talking about ticket sales. Or oh, yeah. So revenue. next year's not going to look. But that 2020, especially, you know, especially if we're playing football in front of no fans, you know, which seems like if they do it. It'll be limited to no fans. Uh, maybe a, you know, maybe by spring we'll have it rained in enough to do like limited capacity. But still, that those football ticket revenues are going to be drastically, and basketball ticket revenues drastically, uh, you know, diminished. And while truly, if, what what we'll see is there'll be some revenue lost from uh, the NCAA tournaments um, for all the schools in the next financial year. Um, cause those are money makers. Uh, that's, well, that's the NCAA itself is its biggest money maker is the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, yep. but all those NCAA tournaments, that's what they make money on. And, but they do give money to the schools and we're going to be missing that, that money. Um, and there would have been more PAC 12 teams in the tournament. Of course, we would have had WSU having run through the PAC 12 tournament, um, for, for the, the auto bid, bid yeah. and then they would have obviously went on to at least the final four um and and your conference gets more money based on how far your teams collectively move so um that we missed out on a lot of revenue there and plus there was a lot pac-12 would have had a bigger number of teams than it's had recently uh so there's money we're going to be missing there uh but still have the football season in there still have the basketball season but we're really going to see it is the next year and that's going to be scary to look at in retrospect, um, even though it's not going to be surprising. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Uh, not Definitely not the weirdest thing. Many, like pretty much almost anyone under the age of, I don't know, 80 has ever experienced. Like, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is... Uh... This is this is the weirdest timeline, that's for sure. Everyone's wearing see, everyone has their beards on. Community reference. Everyone has darkest timeline. Everyone has their beards because it's uh <laughs> we have we have our we have our uh, beards for uh you know because we haven't been shaving because we don't have to see people. Um, so it's yeah. darkest timeline. Everyone with their sinister beards. I know. Uh, I've been I've been watching timeline. through community. Uh, so sorry. It's good. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a good I love thing it. To watch through. It's a good thing to watch. I through. did the first. I just watched all the weird episodes. You know, like all the the kind of the, the the weird like 
you know, Law and Order or Paintball or whatever episodes, which are hilarious. And now I'm then I just went back to the start and I'm watching it from the start. So, which I've done many times before. Um, it's fantastic. Um, highly recommend. A plus plus. Um, but anyways, so yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, we can talk about Cruton, but let's talk about beer first. Okay, should we take a commercial break? Are we? Are we? Oh, we took. No, one. we just we already took one, man. Like our brains, <laughs> man. Right. Let me tell you. Let me tell Dude, you. Our brains are scrambled. I didn't even like. I they don't had, even know what they day had. Ten it is minutes of us. Half the time. You, you, you don't even know what. I don't even know what day it is. Half the time, I'm like, I wake up in the morning. Well, I'm, like, I'm still see. Today? You're in summer, but I'm I'm still nine to five every day. Like I yeah, I know I when know. it's Friday. Although today I didn't know. I thought it was Wednesday today. I oh, I will say. <laughs> so I'll, I'll say. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had this big uh, webcast that we were putting together, and and one of my colleagues, uh, I was I was on the phone with him, and uh, at the end of the call, we're like talking about like okay, it, it it wasn't about the call wasn't about that webcast, but of course it brought up because it was like the thing most of us were thinking about, and so I'm like talking with my colleague, I'm like yeah, yeah, how, how are we doing on this and that, and he's like, he's like oh yeah, well you know, we'll, we'll get this done. And then we have, you know, by Thursday and then we'll have Friday and then uh, the webcast on Tuesday. So I think, you know, we have enough days and I'm like, dude, it's, it's Thursday. Like, and for him, he's like East coast. It was like Thursday at five o'clock at this point. Like it's the end of the day. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's practically he's, and he immediately. He's like, wait, no, it's not. It's Wednesday. I'm like, no dude, it's Thursday. And he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> like it was, it was like immediately hung up. It was so funny. That's hilarious. And today I had that. I had that moment. I was like, "All right, I just got to get this much done before the end of the week." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's tomorrow." <laughs> and Friday is know, notoriously like, the hardest day to get stuff done. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, getting ready to take a shower and tonight because I've been working outside all day and and <clears throat> went like okay well today's what thursday tomorrow's friday oh wait are we having crap i think sarah's sister and boyfriend and his kids are coming over tomorrow to hang out outside and oh shit i was gonna take some ribs out and let them thaw and i'm like oh well i guess hot dogs and hamburgers it is (laughs) so on the on the that's a cookout not a barbecue i know that's what i'm saying like i was I was I was hoping to I'm one of those barbecue some ribs. <laughs> no, it's it, I am too. I am too. So I was hoping to barbecue some ribs, and now we are grilling hot dogs and hamburgers. Grilling think, and so. grilling and barbecuing are different things. They are different things. But uh, anyway. okay, so beer. That, well, I'll, I'll say it to transition to beer. Um, one of the things <laughs> that keeps me on what day it is is I always celebrate Floodland Friday. Um, so I go. have a, one of my floodland brewing bottles every Friday. Oh, and so, so I got to remember, like, before I go to bed, I'll put one in the fridge for So it's like nice and chilled for tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Whenever I decide that I've done enough work for this week and just like, all right, it's beer time, beer clock. Um, but yeah. So, uh, what are you, what are you drinking now on, on podcast recording Thursday? Yeah, I am currently drinking uh, Strolling Musician Series Mosaic IPA by Rainy Days Brewing. Rainy Days Brewing. It's a, it's a good, uh, so I can say uh, definitively, it's it's a really excellent uh, can, can art. It's got some excellent can art. Um, and it says, Behold, from the times of your pre-pandemic when musicians still roamed free, <laughs> the strolling musician wanders aimlessly about from room or uh, 
sorry, wanders aimlessly about the room, singing serenades from table to table. We are missing live music, and we know you are too, since we can't bring you true live music, and, quote, strolling musicians are explicitly prohibited. We put the strolling musician in a can! Let the sharp hop notes and smooth malty melodies crescendo your taste buds into a mosh pit frenzy. So, it's good. West Coast IPA. Uh, it's very, uh, it's very pleasant, very pleasant beer. I'm enjoying it. Well done. Kind of some of those, you know, piney notes, and it's excellent. I've, I have I one, I have one story about Rainy Days Brewery, and I, I, I've only, I've had just a few of their beers ever. I haven't had a lot, yeah. but uh, and they're out of Paul's. Yep, Paul's Bow, which, which makes the name make a lot more sense. Yep. Um, uh, birthplace uh, or a hometown of Aaron Seeley. Um, yes, former former Coog and Mariner, with that beautiful twelve six curveball. Um, but yeah, so uh, rainy days. Uh, funny, funny, fun fact about the politics of breweries here. Um, uh, you may know there is a, in downtown Olympia there is rainy day uh, record store. Um, okay. It's did not know that, but okay. So yeah, it's on uh, it's on fifth. Um, and uh so about it's a it's just a, a couple blocks over from three magnets brewing um so when three magnets first started in uh late 2014 early 2015 around about ish um they had a couple ipas uh called uh sunny day ipa and rainy day ipa and the rainy day ipa was was the first one and it was named after it was just an homage to the record shop well, Rainy Days Brewing did not appreciate that and uh, uh, got uh, three mags to change the name. Um, so then it became oh, Rain IPA. Um, so uh, it was Rainy Day IPA very for a very brief amount of time. Uh, they don't make Rain and Sun IPA very often anymore because they are clear West Coast IPAs. And uh, it's not really what the market wants that much anymore. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, um yeah the the i know that my uh uh my friend jeff who who brewed at three mags and and uh he has no ill will and and uh for rainy days he, he, one of the one of the first breweries he he collaborated with when he on his new brewery sig um in tacoma it was rainy days so so yeah no no well there um at least between the brewers um but yeah, that's funny. Uh, um, beer politics, beer naming, people trying to protect their brand. Obviously, um, it's always very interesting stuff. Uh, um, but yeah, so that's the most. That's the most thing I know about the the one thing I know about Rainy Days Brewing <laughs> is that they did that. And well, you can know that this beer is good. That's good. Um, so I can, have to check I can tell it you out. that. I can tell you that. I have too much beer in my. What fridge. are you drinking? I well, it's already gone at this point. Um, <laughs> of course, it um, is. but uh, I was drinking, and I, I tweeted out um, Fair Isle Layla uh, Saison brewed with purple Egyptian barley. Um, Ooh, uh, sounds exotic. The purple Egyptian uh, Saison brewed with purple Egyptian barley grown by Palouse Heritage in Endicott, Washington. Um, you know Endicott from driving to Pullman and seeing the sign for it. Uh, it I shares do. a uh, B8 high school with St. John, St. John Endicott. Yes, it does. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
that's big time in Whitman, all those, uh, those multi-town B8 schools. Uh, um, Gotta love those. So it was created with ingredients farmed and foraged in the Pacific Northwest, fermented with our house blend of wild and feral yeasts and bacterias. In the tradition of Saison's, we, rec- we recommend drinking this beer fresh, which I haven't quite done. It was bottled in December 2019, so it's about uh, six months old at least right now, um, potentially seven depending on when in December it was bottled or I guess, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it was very good. Very good brewery. Um, I, full disclosure, um, as I mentioned on Twitter, I have mentioned multiple times. I, and, and on this blog at this podcast, I did invest in this brewery. Um, truthfully it was, uh, uh to tie in three mags again. Um, um, it was a lot. I I had I had met the the guys that started it long before they could actually when they were just trying to, you know, raise funds and, and try to um, find a, a way to uh, get their brewery off the ground, find a location, um, which they it took. It was a years long process for them. They've been they've been uh, uh, struggling, and but they finally they're open and they have a they have a great um, tap room in Ballard. Um, which is actually you can go and have a beer there. It's fifty percent capacity. Wear a mask. They want um, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, um, highly recommend it. They're they're doing saisons and wild ales stuff like that. Um, but even if you go there, they have like IPAs and lagers on tap and stuff from other breweries. Um, it's just, it's a great place to uh, get their beer and other beer. But anyway, so I had met um, the two guys that run this brewery and and uh, at at three magnets um they were down collaborating they collaborated on a beer called something borrowed something old something new uh with three mags another funny story there uh three mags wasn't allowed to put that they were collaborating with fair isle on the brewery or on the bottle because fair isle was not a functioning brewery yet that's uh, label laws um so uh they just put their logo on it um which is funny um but that's a really good beer. If you, it's a couple of years old now, you probably can't find it. But anyway, so I, I had met them and I, and just talking with them about what they wanted to do. And I, I was sold on them. I knew they were, they, one of them, I worked at Jester King, which is, uh, one of the best, uh, Saison wild ale makers in the world. And, um, so, uh, he actually had, you know, had that pedigree, but anyways, just listen to them talk about the beer they wanted to make and the, the passion they had. I was really impressed. And then it came up a couple of years later, they were looking um, for donors through one of those seed funding websites. Um, and I was, I was, uh, happy. I'm, I, they, they seem to be doing really well. And, and, and I, even in spite of the, uh, they, they, they did really well with the to go orders and stuff. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping they'll be able to survive. And, and before the pandemic hit, they were doing, they, they were doing business really well. And, um, so, uh, I had no doubt cause they make, great beer this beer was uh, uh very good just an excellent saison um kind of had a really um uh there was very definitely um a lot of impact from that that interesting barley it was it was very bready and, and interesting um and then it's a nice little kick of funk not overly it's not sour it's just got a little bit of funkiness a lot of their beers are like that they're not overly sour or anything they just have a little bit of funk a little bit of a nice little kick on your nose um, but really just, uh, uh, really understated, beautiful beers. Um, I love what they're doing, highly recommend, um, and then, uh, help me get my investment back, of course. Um, but, uh, um, that's always, yeah, good. that's always good. Um, um, if not, I'll be happy to have supported some dudes that are making good beer. Um, 
and uh, I've been enjoying all the beers they've put out so far. Um, so yeah, that's Fair Isle. Um, now I'm drinking a Wayfinder Hell, uh, one of the most perfect beers there is. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I've had that beer. Go beer. Beer. Excellent. Oh, I'm going to shout out to uh, Tyler Claus who asked me for beer, uh, rec- beer Twitter recommendations today, and uh, apparently I gave some good ones. He was very happy. So, all right, and he he, he called us a beer podcast. So, <laughs> <laughs> all the people that yeah, skip past you know. our beer section would disagree. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but yeah. Uh, so, what else do we have? Oh, we got to talk about Cruton. Cruton. Yeah, we got Cruton. Cruton. Hey, so um, Cruton's like looking it's up. It's looking man. up. All the all the best recruits. Uh, it seems like you know all the best recruits, at least in terms of how they're rated by the recruiting services, seem to be have been coming in as of late. So maybe we were kind of skeptical about the start, but I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about the guys they've been bringing in now. Um, the most recent ones, Javion Gibson um, from Houston. Um, he's a outside linebacker, uh, rated 74th at his position, 169th in the state of Texas. Uh, I don't how many damn recruits are in Texas a lot. <laughs> like if you, you can be a hundred, you're 169th and you're still a three star in Texas. Yeah, like that's pretty like, impressive. Yeah. Um, yep. but I think the one that people are most excited about is, uh, Jaden Hicks, uh, from, uh, Bishop Gorman which is a, a kind of a, one of those football places, um, in powerhouse. Yeah, powerhouse. And, uh, yeah, he's our highest rated recruit, uh, safety, another, another, uh, defensive back. Obviously they saw that as an area of need and they have been bringing in lots of, uh, lots of players which we talked about at an earlier podcast, but again, they added on a big guy, six, two, um, big safety, uh, seems like a, you know, a, like, a nice a nice uh nice piece to have yeah i mean it's you always like guys who come from those football factories um you know partly because you know you, you sort of know what you're you're getting maybe in a, in, in a way that you don't always at some other places because they're they're playing against high level competition in fact as i was watching uh hicks's uh junior video um they actually played uh, St. Louis High School, which was quarterbacked by Jaden Delora, who's <laughs> our incoming freshman quarterback. And he actually uh, tipped a pass in the end zone that Delora made that turned into interception. So make of that what you will. Um, but he was he was playing corner at the time. He it looks like he played corner as a junior. I, d- I don't know about as a sophomore, but uh, played corner as a junior. It, it sounds like uh, WSU likes him as a safety, which not not a total shock at at the size uh, you know he's already 62 190 uh you put him on that college you know that college uh weightlifting program and all of a sudden he's you know 62 to 15 right so uh, so I, I i that's pretty cool you, you like to see that uh from a from a you know a school that um like i said produces a lot of division one football talent and and you get to you know when you watch a guy like that you you maybe i think have a better sense of what um of what he can do so yeah it's you know recruiting's picking up um you know the guys who are committing i mean gibson you mentioned uh, out of houston uh he's the currently the fifth rated recruit in the class so you got the number one and number five rated recruits in the class over the last uh you know the last couple weeks 
um, or actually the last, you know, week and a half. So, um, so that's pretty good. Cause I think, you know, it's no secret when we were, you know, watching that, you know, this as, as the year started that, uh, we were not exactly inspired by, uh, by the guys they were getting early and, you know, it may have been a situation for them, you know, I, I don't know where, uh, they just decided, hey, you know, we need to get some commits in the bag so that we can mm-hmm. generate some momentum and then maybe we can sell other kids kids on this. So, you know, maybe that was the strategy or maybe it wasn't. I mean, I don't know, but um, but I wouldn't I guess I wouldn't be shocked if that was the strategy because that kind of seems like the way it's working out. You know, I mean, the number one guy is Hicks. Number two guy is Elisha Lloyd. He, you know, committed at the end of uh, the end of June. Uh, Xavier Young, you know, he he committed back in May, but Xavier Ward, the quarterback, committed kind of at the beginning of June. So really, you're kind of looking at the top, you know, five or so kids in the class. Four of them, you know, committing in the last, you know, five or six weeks. So, um, so that's definitely, you know, moving up, moving in the right direction. I think the class is still, uh, I don't know, sixty something overall, sixty seven overall, which you know is not great, but also is not, uh, you know. Not necessarily disastrous yeah, either. Yeah, I was going to say not necessarily catastrophic, but maybe disastrous no. is good too. Um, that's a good and, answer. And like we we got lots of good as we've as we've pointed out, a lot of football. a lot of uh, Pac-12 teams are struggling with recruiting right now. So um, WSU still hanging in there at seventh, which is kind of a product of the number of guys that they have, but um, still uh, at least they're getting guys. And I. Um, uh, interesting both hicks and gibson had offers from arizona uh hicks also from arizona state reported offers i should say from arizona state and colorado so um it seems like they've beaten arizona out for a few guys so far so uh which is good because yeah. if arizona was beating us out right now i'd be yeah pretty, yeah that'd be pretty disappointing um they are overall uh, have a higher ranked class but uh so we're we're picking off some of their other guys though so that's good um i interesting thing i i saw about hicks um i believe it was Hicks. his his brother played for rolovich at hawaii so yep he was able to use that um as a, as is in and obviously uh um, i mean it's good if you know if you have a former player speaking highly of you that's good and, and yeah. um I, I like to hear that uh, and he looks like a, a solid player who could turn into a, a, a good a good defensive backfield uh, player for WSU, which they uh, desperately need to improve on. Yes, they do. And we and we know like if <laughs> if Dickert is anything like his predecessors of Wyoming, he'll be very good at um, building a good secondary. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we can have a good secondary at WSU. Fingers again. crossed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you crossed. know we've had some pretty good secondaries at WSU. Uh, it'd be cool to have that again. Yeah. Some people might remember that <laughs> if you're of a certain age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I think all those players recently. are old enough to not be in the NFL anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they're all, uh, they've all retired yeah. <laughs> back in the day. DBU, you, man. Kids, we were DBU. tell you about. Jason David and Carl Pema and Marcus Trufant and Eric Coleman and Lamont Thompson, Thompson and I don't know. We could keep going. Yeah, there's there's more. Maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll get there again someday. Someday. Um, someday. Also, let's keep scoring points. Then, so 
maybe. Yeah, those two. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we like we like offense for sure. Oh, I, one thing I uh, uh, I you saw uh, Bill Bill sees uh, um, uh, Bill Connolly's uh, WSU day. Um, I don't know if you saw. He you know he does. He, he does. He's not doing the full oh, yeah. on previews anymore. So he's just doing these like Twitch streams. Some pretty de, de, or Twitch, uh, Twitter streams. Um, pretty some pretty depressing stuff when you look at the uh, the the defense versus the offense. In some years, it's like, God. man, if they could have just put some things together in the same year, like if you put that 2017 defense with that 2018 offense, like or that 2019 offense, or like 2019 yeah, like, offense. Good God, like we might you know be talking like That's college like football playoff. Twelve kind of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look, That's Rose Bowl shit. I mean, yeah. If you if you put that 2017 defense with that uh, uh, 20 uh, 2018 Gardner Minshew offense, like you know, basically if if Hercules Matafa came back, <laughs> you know. Um, or if you even put that defense with the 2016 offense or the 2015, <laughs> anyone but the worst. What happened to Luke Falk in his or the 2014 year? offense? Any, yeah, any any offense. It just but happened the to be that one damn year. I don't know, man. Gosh. Yeah. So if you, why did Luke Falk have to suck that? Year? I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I think he was hurt a little bit. I, I think it kind of was in his own head a bit. I, I you know, I don't. Yeah, but why though? Why? Yeah, why, why did it have to happen? Why, Luke? Why? Why? <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you want to check that out, uh, follow Bill Connolly. He works for ESPN now. Um, got out in time from SB Nation. Um, uh, so yeah. They kind of he they have him writing about soccer too, and his uh, his post on Christian Pulisic today was pretty fun. Um, if you want to check that out, um, if you if you yeah. if you if you're interested, in... Pulisic is lighting the Premier League on fire. Yeah, uh, like just fun. as well as uh, not like uh, definitely like without compare of any American player ever like and so he he had to to find comparisons he had to go to you know just any player um so he had some pretty uh pretty high uh pretty high level comparisons um and now uh, you know maybe let's not miss any more world cups that'd be great yeah let's not do that let's not waste that talent uh so welcome to soccer cast welcome to soccer cast. we have back we're back in it we're back in soccer cat well we kind of touched on it earlier we're soccer is a live sport we've been watching man that's all we got i know because in europe they have freaking figured it out and my, my new my new lifelong fan team tottenham is battling for a europa league spot you know like so got two more matches left for that you know we're a big t- i'm still dreaming big man i don't let's go get that let's go get that fourth place I, uh, I don't know if it's possible now. Uh, oh, it's after, possible. All things are possible. Yeah, Craig. I think I think we are seven back with two to play now. So I don't. I know because both hold on both uh, Le- Leicester and uh, and Manchester United won today. Okay, so let's see. We got this is good right podcasting. We're looking. Yes, up. it is. So seven, yeah, seven back with with two games to play. So yeah, never mind. Europa League, baby. Set. We can't even get into the Europa League. Yeah, we can. We're still how? Because uh, it's going to be uh, so. 
Oh, they have a sixth place gets like a playoff spot. Well, okay, so one spot goes to one uh, group group stage spot goes to the winner of the uh, FA Cup. Um, All all, so we have to root for Arsenal to not win the FA Cup, which is easy because we hate Arsenal because we are Tottenham fans. Um, Somehow fucking beat Liverpool yesterday. So if yeah, well Liverpool. Good God. Liverpool's just like drinking all the beer yeah. and just being like, just fine. Whatever. Yeah. This is our drunken tour yeah. of. Ugh. But, but, uh, so Arsenal plays, uh, Manchester City on Saturday in the FA Cup semifinals. If they lose, then for sure, because the other three teams are in the top five, for sure the sixth spot will be a Europa League group stage. Okay. And then the seventh spot, go. you're into the second round of qualifying. So, we're mm. we're firmly in. Okay, so we're right in. Right in there. We're only one spot out of six. We're only one point out of six. Yeah, we can get some. Right, sneak it up on wolves. Yeah, sneaking up on wolves. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, even even though Jose Mourinho is the most painful soccer coach, God ever. Yeah, you, you and you and Zane telling me, oh man, Tottenham's so fun. They have this like history of just being this wide open team. You got Harry Kane. Super yeah, awesome. they have like the they funnest players, son, and like all these great players. And then, but now they have this coach that just doesn't let them do anything fun. Um, yeah, but it's great. This will this will roll me right into Seahawks season, <laughs> where Pete Carroll won't let his player, his awesome player, do anything fun. Uh, at least not until the fourth quarter when he needs him. At to. least I feel comfortable with this now with Tottenham with. With Dortmund, I, it was a little uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know. These guys are fun. Like, they're likable. I don't know. But now, but we have it. We can have our qualms with Favre, Favre, however you yeah. say it, um, as well. Yeah, I just, Favre. That's what I love about soccer outside of uh, our beloved Brian Schmetzer. You just, European soccer, everyone hates the manager. So you just hate them. Like, you just always hate whoever's <laughs> coaching your team. Like from the moment they're hired, it's like that guy sucks. He's out. We're we're winning. Titles. But the only, like quite literally, the only person that engenders any kind of like, uh, you know, loyalty is is Jurgen Klopp. Like like that's literally it. Like everybody loves Jurgen Klopp. Like even like Everton fans love Jurgen Klopp. Like. For people who don't know, Everton and and Liverpool, um, their stadiums are like uh, like a mile apart in Liverpool, and uh, even so, they're like crazy rivals. And anyway, it's just it's like uh, Jurgen Klopp. If you don't know much about Jurgen Klopp, like you should look it up, watch some videos. He's uh, like everybody likes him because he's like this German dude yeah, he, who drinks a lot and he definitely looks like metal. like if you He's if you hilarious. have a stereotypical image of like a of a german hipster in your mind that is Jurgen Klopp. <laughs> He's basically it. And he uh so he was he was also the the manager of our beloved uh beloved uh, Borussia Dortmund. So took him to a Bundesliga championship. Bring him back. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be I'm sure he'd love to leave Liverpool to to come back. Yeah, to you know. Dortmund. He'd love to leave winning the Premier League. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we're supposed to talk about? <laughs> I, I I think we ran through our list. Yeah. Oh, wait, we didn't talk about the whole like Trump trying to throw people out of the country who 
were taking international people who were taking online oh, classes yeah. which, in college, which does have WSU, which would have been hugely problematic for the WSU basketball team. Yeah, um, as you uh, so since uh, uh, Kyle Smith, in particular, has taken over, we have quite a few international players, um, and in the new class and the previous recruiting class, so. Uh, that would have been a huge chunk of players um, that would have uh, lost their visas um, uh, to uh, f- to the U.S. and uh, not been able to come to the U.S. to play basketball, which would have been a huge bummer if we ever do play basketball. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's – yeah. So I- – but luckily, the collective force of university lawyers uh, scared them away from that. Yeah, apparently. I I guess, I mean, I don't know. Like, the charitable reading of it is that it was a ham-handed attempt to get colleges to open, right? Because, yeah. like, um, you know, the they wanted colleges to open, and everybody knows that colleges make a lot of money off these, off these uh, students who come, you know, from international – you know, come from other countries and pay international tuition fees, which is a lot. So um, I, I think that it was sort of designed to do that. But ultimately, it just it just sort of like a lot of things uh, just sort of backfired and they got sued and they just went, you know what? Yeah, never mind. Just kidding. Uh, you know, you can do this because, I mean, colleges were just like, I don't know, then I guess we'll have, you know, one meeting for the semester that's in person and that'll qualify and I, I don't know it's just whatever like like a lot of ideas uh it with from that administration it was ill-conceived and very stupid and so i'm glad they they figured it out because uh wsu like a lot of programs uh would have had a you know a big problem with uh with some of their players and you know the big backbone of of the program at this point is those international players so you know i mean what would we do without vova and Grand Rap, Yakimovsky, Yakimovsky, and, and our recruiting class. We wouldn't wouldn't have that beautiful F.A. Abajidi, F.A. Abajidi. So many. Yeah, I mean, all those guys. It's like what five, right? Like five yeah. international guys now. So I mean, we're, yeah, are we talking? We're talking the, with the Canadian count too. The yeah, he yeah. would have counted too. Yep, yep. So like six, yeah, six guys. That's yeah, you know, like, like half the half roster. The roster. <laughs> Would have been rough. Half the team would have been sent back home. Open tryouts for Jazz WSU Coons. basketball. Oh, but yeah, <laughs> but but we can't because no one's on campus. Oh well, yeah. Well, I guess the thing, yeah, you know. the one thing you'd say is, um, well, so it it would be more like a long term thing. Obviously, if they weren't having online campus, they probably wouldn't be having basketball. You would think, like, if the schools aren't open, but whatever. Um, yeah. So they wouldn't be having basketball, but I'm. It, it it it'd be weird to think that they would be kept from you know for a whole year and then still come to WSU to play. There'd be a chance that they would not ever arrive, you know. Um, so uh, it's good they can still take online and and then hopefully you know wear your masks and do whatever, and we can have basketball season at some point. Yep. Yep. Well, it looks like Jude Bellingham is going to sign for Dortmund. Ooh. I don't know who that is. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, young kid. Yeah, yeah. He's set to become the most expensive 17-year-old in the sports history. Yeah, 
Yeah, they beat out some big clubs to get him to come over because they they have a reputation of developing young guys with uh, between Pulisic and uh, San- Jaden Sancho, Sancho and, and Holland and Holland and Reina. Yeah, Reina's next. Yeah, bring it, bring it. Let's go. We love our teenage German football team. starts up again in like a month. Yeah. So get on board we, with we BBB. Like, there's no off season. I don't have to worry about that. Let's go. Yeah, I think the Premier League season went from August to July. Is going from August, like almost a full calendar year. <laughs> almost <laughs> a full calendar year. Yep, yep. And they they squeezed in, you know, the end of this with you know really tight. I mean, basically everybody's playing like every three games. five yeah, days or so. Every, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think Tottenham had three matches in six days at one point. Yeah. Yep. All right, what else? Anything else? I don't know. Uh, outside of uh, European soccer, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that people come to the podcast for yeah. our, our, our very misinformed European soccer takes. You know what's great, though? Okay, so, I, I mean, I'll, I'll even, like, kind of just say, like, I enjoy the fact that I don't know that much about it. Yes. And I don't know if that makes sense, but... Like I am, you know, neck deep in WSU sports and I am neck deep in, you know, the Seahawks. And, you know, I I mean, I'm just to have something that I don't understand, like like with all of those sports, like and I know you have this experience, too. Like you go to because you go to a Cougar game. Right. And somebody sitting around you inevitably says something just horrendously stupid and completely off base and not true. And, you know, they complain about, I, I mean, I don't know. They're complaining that Anthony Gordon sucks because the team has only won five games. You know I mean? Something stupid like that. Right. And, and we're all like, no, it's, you know, we're just thinking in our head, like, Oh, I just, I can't stand that. Like, it's so irritating. Um, but you know, with soccer, I get to be that guy and just totally shameless about it. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could just be like, hey, I just can't believe it. They, I mean, I can't think of whatever off the top of my head right now, but it's like, you know, I get to I get to just, you know, whine and complain about something that if somebody knew stuff about soccer, they would tell me I was an idiot. Like it's very uh, it's very since, um results driven. And now yeah. like you're just like pff. But of course with Tottenham we're like they're winning, but this is boring, dude. Like this is boring. Yeah. I'm watching like yeah. soccer in the morning and i want it to be fun yeah and i mean look I, that's not to say that i'm not like trying to learn stuff i'm definitely trying to learn stuff you definitely but know it's like I, I but it's like whatever like you know i don't i don't know that much i just get to be like excited by what's happening on the field i'm not a prisoner to analyzing everything that's going on like i like i get sometimes with um Especially basketball. It's like it gets really bad with basketball, you know. So with soccer, I just get to sort of like be in the moment and enjoy it and, you know, have an ulcer because my team is not scoring. And and soccer is generally Soccer just sort of does that to you. Well, yeah. And the the flow of soccer, like just it's it's so much less complicated than like football. And so like you can just like watch it and be like. It's pretty easy to tell what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, like that's always think like people with rugby too. Like it's pretty easy to pick up rugby. Like as long as you know like like one or two basic rules, like you can pick up rugby pretty quick. Um because it's just free flowing and like all that stuff. So it's um yeah, it's one of those sports uh 
Uh, that's, uh, just, it's, I, I've obviously like, uh, particularly in the last couple of years have really just fully jumped into, uh, uh, soccer cause it's just fun. I don't, like you said, I don't know that much about it. Although I will say, you know, I was playing FIFA and, uh, you know, I'm playing on career mode. I'm, I'm still stuck on the Sounders, although I've now declined, um, several like transfer offers to like Liverpool and Real Madrid and stuff because I just want to go to Tottenham or BBB. I'm just hoping one of them offers. You're like, come on, guys, somebody step up over here. Um, but uh, but um, so I've declined playing for Real Madrid and Liverpool. As You're like, I don't want to go to Madrid. My, my like 17 year old uh, prospect guy. I'd rather go to Dortmund. His name Germany. His name is Baxter Schooner, by the way. So. Oh, um, but, but anyway, so I noticed, uh, the, uh, the game, like suddenly like in the middle of the season started playing, uh, Jao Paulo as a, uh, as a, as a left back and then started playing, uh, Joven Jones as a winger, like in the middle <laughs> of the season. <laughs> and actually Joven Jones was really good as a winger because he's stronger than Joe Paolo. So he like wins yeah. battles on the side, like way more. <laughs> so it's like, that's funny. this is hilarious. Like the game's just like, no, this guy goes there. But we're just, and I just like can imagine in real life watching uh, tiny Joe Paolo playing as a, as a fullback. Like it's just nonsense. <laughs> like, Oh, so I, poor listeners. So I know I we, know we've en- now gone to FIFA. I know enough about soccer now to look at that and go, that's silly. <laughs> like, what are they doing? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Fake Brian Schmetzer is just uh, ahead of the curve, whatever. Yeah. He's very generic. He's, he's not a real he's just like the generic coach face on there. He's not in it's just like Seattle Sounders coach. It's not it makes me sad. That is disrespect. I know, right? Greatest coach of all time. That's right. I mean, you'd be saying that about an NFL coach who won two championships in, you know, four years and went to three, you know, Super Bowls in that amount of time. It's true. Come on. People think Pete Carroll's awesome, and he only won one. Just one. Well, not many people still think Pete Carroll's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that ship's kind of sailed, I think. All right, so now that we've uh, effectively lost all but maybe one or two <laughs> listeners, maybe we There's can... a couple of people left. Well, they, wait, they're talking about a video game? Yeah. Video game soccer? talking about European soccer on a video game. No, I was talking about MLS soccer on a video game. <laughs> yeah, that too. No, That's even Talking better. about how my guy was, you know, denied, like... Like turning down amazing offers from the greatest uh, teams in Europe and just being like, no, I just want to play for BBB, man. It's fantastic. All right, man. I think that's good. Okay. We've bored them. All right. All right. So, yeah. Send us your emails. Yeah. Podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. I have not checked it in a month. I don't. Sorry. What the hell are you doing? Sorry if you. I don't know. I got a new phone. It's because my. What if what if there's an email in there where people are like, someone's like, please send help. Uh, Do not send those to (laughs) podcastforseveryoneatgmail.com. Highly recommend against that. Yeah, maybe don't. Yeah, please. Maybe call nine one one if you need help. I recommend that. 
I had it added on my other phone as like a second account, so I could just like bounce back and forth between. But I got a new phone, and I I have to add it again, so I can't just like bounce back and forth real quick. Um, stupid, uh, the charging port crapped out. Yeah. Um, stupid. Now these ones wirelessly charge, so that shouldn't shouldn't mm-hmm. be an issue anymore. Um, yes, I have one of those. Yeah, if if I have a wireless charging port, but I don't. But yeah, whatever. Anyways, this is just going off the rails. Um, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Craig Powers. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he is at Pod versus Everyone. Um, yes, there is a picture of my daughter with a beer. Get over it. It's funny. God, it is funny. And uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, watch Community. It's on Netflix now. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter.